When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jimmy, what do you love, like, and have concern about this uh, this basketball team? Oh, I love Cadet. I think he's a tremendous player. I, I think he's their best offensive weapon right now. Uh, so I, I'm really high on on Kinnett. Uh I liked what I saw uh, in, in uh, Tennessee's first game in Maui with uh, Adu. He ended up with a double-double. He had 14 points. He had 11 rebounds. And Now, I didn't think he played that well the first half, but I thought in the second half against Syracuse, he played really well. Um, one of my concerns right now a little bit, and I I hope I'm not saying this is a concern in two or three weeks, I don't like what I'm seeing out of Ziegler. He had six turnovers against Syracuse. He played out of control. Now, the last five or six minutes of the game, he played pretty well. Then he comes back, and right off the bat, uh, he against Purdue, he has a turnover, and they actually they benched him because he was not he was playing out of control. Uh, he played better when he came back in. I'm I'm thinking and hoping for his sake that's just rust uh, from the uh, from the ACL. Uh, I, I I do think that Ganey is going to be a better player than he missed a ton of shots last night. Then he actually hit a couple of threes that were key for Tennessee. So I like that. I like Awaka. I, I, he gets after it. He's a really good rebounder. Uh, I think he's fearless. He did make a shot over Edie, the seven-foot-four player. So I like that. Uh, one thing that still concerns me, though, a little bit, and even with Kinnett and some of the offensive weapons they had, uh, they had some droughts along the way. Uh, and they should have had a bigger lead at, uh, than they did in the first half. Purdue shoots 20%, and you're ahead by, was it three at halftime? I'm like, you're in trouble because Purdue's not going to shoot 20% in the second half. Uh, so that concerned me a little bit. And the free throws, my gosh, they were awful. Uh, they've been awful. Start the start of the Syracuse game and the start of the Purdue game. They couldn't hit a free throw. That concerned me. I, I've got a I've got a weird theory on Ziegler. Okay, and this is before he got hurt last year. I think he kind of because he fell in the right place at the right time, kind of became somewhat of a, a well known name, if not a star, around Knoxville. And I wonder mm-hmm. if 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 he got a little bit of the big head because. Since then, since he became a household name in Knoxville, Jimmy hasn't been the same player. Yeah, he was. He became. He was kind of a sympathetic star. Uh, people loved the way he he hustled. The story about the family's apartment burning in New York and and all the money that they raised. And he was very appreciative of that. But I I I don't. I mean, you may be right. I I don't know how to uh, crack into his head and figure out what's going on with him there. But he he's not played. Uh, at the level that I thought he would early. But again, I'm, I'm going to give him a pass right now because he's coming off that injury. And uh, maybe that's impacted his play at this point. But they need him to play really well. Um, and, and and by the way, uh, Vescovy didn't score a lot, but he does other things to help you. I thought he made some terrific passes against Syracuse, which uh, helped when Tennessee needed some baskets in that second half. So, and, and, and rebounding, he'll get you five or six rebounds. So even at the games in which Vescovy doesn't score, I think he's helping you in other ways. 
Before I get into this, I uh, just want to give everybody a quick update. So Tennessee beat Syracuse on Monday in, at the Maui Invitational, which actually is being played in Honolulu right now because of the wildfires in Lahaina, which just want to send our thoughts to everybody in Maui on the big island, on the island in Lahaina. I know that's a devastating situation out there. Um, they lost to Purdue last night, number two ranked – or they lost to Purdue Tuesday night, 71-67, to which has them advancing to the loser's bracket to play number one ranked Kansas – who lost to Marquette after Tennessee lost to Purdue. So Tennessee is set to play number one, Kansas. Mm -hmm. um, Jimmy, I think I had a lot of thoughts about last night and I didn't really know where to go because first off, I don't think we, the, one of the biggest questions I had with Tennessee couldn't be answered last night, which is do they have bigs that can bang with uh, other bigs that could take over a game that's necessary, which as you and I talk about, I'm big on the three point shooting, but you're not going to have the three-point shooting unless you have a guy that can score inside and take guys away from the outside. Yep. We didn't get to see that last night because the refs totally took over the game. I mean, they called, yep. you know, Toby Awaka fouled out. Jonas <clears throat> Adu fouled out. Zidi, the best big man in the game, had four fouls. We all wanted to see how Jonas Adu would handle Zidi, and we never got to see it. So it, it, can we really read too much into last night's game given how the refs took it over? Or is that a sign of look, the refs are going to take over some games in college basketball and Tennessee needs to show it can hang when that happens. Well, that's a good point. The officiating last night I thought was abysmal. And uh, even with Zach Eddy, I, I thought they called two fouls on him that were just bogus. It was I almost agree. like Rick Barnes got a technical. So we're going to do some makeup calls here, which bothers me about college basketball officiating. I do wonder about that, Caleb. I, I uh, I pointed out a do against uh, or a do against Syracuse. I really like what he did in the second half. So he gave him some baskets. My concern the last several years for Tennessee is the lack of a consistent inside score. And I don't know that they have that yet. Uh, and it may end up being a walk instead of a do. I don't know. But they, they need to find somebody that can score 10 or 12 points a game inside. And I haven't seen that yet. Uh, and I think you're right. Last night was hard to judge. Uh, because of the officiating was so bad. Is Tennessee good enough to overcome that? I don't know. It's kind of early to try to determine that. But I, I do think last night's a tough one to judge because of the officiating. So as you can see, I'm on the road because I have the biggest headset that's ever been created by man. And my, <laughs> <laughs> my son you get that from that. Sterling Hinton or what? No, I got that from my son. It's a gaming headset. Oh. <laughs> so evidently, I can dominate you at Fortnite or whatever they play now. Um, so anyway... Uh, but we're driving to get the biggest headset known to man. And I hear Rick Barnes being interviewed by Bob Kessling. And I thought this was a really cool phrase in the pregame. He said, you know, if we need to, we'll play five guards. And mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily that he would play five guards. It was just kind of like that feeling of I'm willing to break from some things I did in the past because suddenly I'm 69 and I would like to make another final four. That's how I read that, Jimmy. Do you think that's pretty accurate? Well, I, um, I, I think, um, I think so. Now he did actually, cause I consider Josiah Jordan James a guard. He did go with five guards against Purdue. He went with a small lineup. Uh, that was after night. foul trouble though. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, he was, so he was kind of forced to do that. Uh, here, here's what I find interesting about Rick Barnes. I've noticed that, <clears throat> early in the season, he looks like he's willing to break from tradition. For example, Tennessee in an exhibition game might shoot 43s. And then as the season goes along, it's 35 threes, then it's 30, then it's 25, then it's 15. So he kind of reverts back to his old school coaching of basketball as the season progresses. So they start out with one thing and they end up with another. 
I don't know if he's willing to deviate that much from what he has typically done throughout his career. Okay. Well, yeah. let me ask you if, you, if you had a better mortgage payment, will he do that? By the way, new poll on the YouTube page. What is your favorite Thanksgiving side? Broccoli something, squash something, deviled eggs, or Heim's oyster goodness? Uh, right now, <laughs> deviled eggs leads. Heim's oyster goodness is in second place. So there you go. And I'm making it uh, tomorrow. So I may call you for the recipe. <laughs> Do you, do you think being 69 and wanting to make – because if he makes – let's just say he wins a national championship. His career is viewed entirely different with – I know it's a championship, but with just one championship, Jimmy. When we look yeah. back 15 years from now, it's completely different. You know what? It kind of reminds me of uh, Mac Brown because he mm. won a national championship, and people were talking about out Texas. He underachieved all those years, so at least he has that on his mantle. It would be uh, – Rick Barnes would be viewed differently if he if he had that. I will say this, and I don't know that he ever went public with this. I think beating Duke and then losing to Florida Atlantic last year, I think that really upset and bothered him. And I think it caused him maybe to second-guess some of the things that he has done. Like, how in the world can we get this close, beat Duke, and then lose to Florida Atlantic? So I think he's probably more willing to be open-minded and make some changes. Uh, because of that one game. And and uh, as you mentioned, he's 69. He Look, he's not going to coach 10 more years. So I, I think he knows that the, the clock is ticking a little bit, and he, he'll do what he can adjustment-wise, or at least I think he will, to try to get to a Final Four. Hey, try to get back to an Elite Eight. It's been forever since he's been to the Elite Eight, and, of course, we know Tennessee's only been to one Elite Eight. So I think he might be more willing to adjust and to compromise right now. Let me ask you guys both. Uh, Caleb, let me start with you. Who, if he if he were to win a national title, who are his peers? Calipari just has one. Um, Tom who, Izzo. Are, who, Tom, well, Tom Izzo has a couple, right? Does no, he he's two? got one. He's got, he's got one. Wow. In, in 2000, I think. That kind of changes everything, is right? Jimmy, as, the, as yeah. far as the way he's – and now he's not going to win two or three and be considered yeah, – well, uh, I guess that would be up in – the realm of the multiple guys, Patino, Roy Williams, those type of guys. But um, one really would change how he's viewed. So, Jimmy, why do we think he he might not revert to his old non-shooting outside? Do, do you just the age? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking that because look, he's he's very disappointed in Tennessee's postseason runs. Although he's not going to say that a lot, but fans are disappointed, right? Okay, mm -hmm. here they go again. They have a really good regular season. They get to postseason and they get upset by Loyola Chicago or somebody, uh, Florida Atlantic. So uh, I, I think he recognizes that, and I think he recognizes he's got to do something different in the postseason. You, what's the definition of insanity? You know, keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. I think he understands he's got to make some changes to get there. One of the things I hope that he does recognize, it, look, you need to have a good defensive team, right? I get that. But you also need to be able to score on offense. And if you look at the teams, like like Bill Self, he's won a national championship at Kansas. The teams that advance and make it to the Final Four and then win it, they're in the top 30 in defense, but they're also in the top 30 on offense. You can't ignore your offense. And Tennessee wasn't even near being a top 30 team in offensive efficiency last year. So I, I think that he needs to understand, and I think he does, that they have got to be more proficient on offense if they want to advance. Uh, yeah, I want to um, jump in on a couple of things. So, Jimmy, two two big things. I don't really care 
if Barnes plays Purdue closer, if he beats Kansas or if he beats Marquette, no one ever questioned uh, these Tennessee teams if they can beat the top five or best teams in the country if they can go to toe to toe. We know they can. We know this team has the talent. The question is over a six game stretch in March, can they stay above the fray where they don't get caught slipping because of that lack of offense? I totally agree with you on that. And so even if they had beaten Purdue last night and if they beat Marquette and if they got to number one, wouldn't answer my questions that I have about them unless they start no, shooting I, the ball well. Yeah, I agree with you. It, 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 I remember, well, it was a few years ago, Tennessee played North Carolina. I think it might have been in New York. Beat them by 20, right? And North Carolina won the national championship that year. So it's like, okay. Now, if, if I were to give advice to the Tennessee fans, which I usually don't, but if I were to give <laughs> advice – I would say enjoy the regular season. Enjoy a win over if you beat Kansas. Enjoy the wins because the regular season ride is fun. Postseason ride is not so much fun. But if I were a fan, I would say, hey, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this win over Kentucky or over Kansas or over somebody else and try to have a good time with that and go celebrate really hard because in March you might not be celebrating as much as you are during the regular season. It's true. Well, part so, of that, I don't know if you guys some saw. And too, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw this Grant Williams interview. It was about two months ago. He was talking about conditioning under Rick Barnes. And I didn't realize how hard Rick Barnes conditions his players in the offseason. And apparently Grant Williams was like, he purposely picks on certain players to do extra mm -hmm. conditioning like during the season. And it doesn't stop. I think that I, I do think that wears on them in March. I do. I think that wears them down. I've heard that theory that he he, he needs to let up a little bit um, on the team and so that they have fresh legs. Uh, late in the season. That has been um, a criticism of him. I have been told, no, like I don't go to practice and all that, but I have been told that in recent years, he's he's been better about that, lightening up practice and you don't go at it hard for 90 minutes before a game. So I, I think he's gotten better about that, but I do think that has been an issue with him in the past. If you can combine Jerry Green and Rick Barnes, You'd have the perfect coach. Jerry Green walks out there three. I know, I know. Three three days before I I don't even know if I ever told you this. Three days before the SEC tournament, and he just goes out there and throws the ball up. Literally goes, well, let's just have two hours of street ball. And a guy that we know, a tall guy with a very deep voice, said, "I can't believe this bleeping stuff." <laughs> 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 Three days before the SEC tournament, and they're running two hours of street ball. And it was fun to watch, but that's all they did, Jimmy. They didn't work on anything fundamentally. Well, and if you didn't like that, you could just go rent you a movie from Kmart. <laughs> Still, I remember that comment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he – uh, yeah, he... You know, but to be fair, guys, I know there are – I know stories of Steve Spurrier, who's a Hall of Fame coach, quitting practice early because he didn't want to miss his tea time. And he would tell his players to hurry up and finish his drill so he could get out of practice and go and, and go tea off. So, and he's a Hall of Fame coach, so. <laughs> Jimmy Elias says that Barnes gets a statue in Knoxville if he wins one. Well, if, if they put one of those up, they better put one of Philip Fulmer because he won a national title. Or is that a conversation for another day? No, I would agree with that. Do you really? Yeah. I'm the only one that I thought, okay, all right, we'll do that another day. Yeah, I, I mean, they got statues of people over there that you might wonder about. But, yeah, I, I, if you win a national championship at Tennessee, okay, Pat Summit has one. Well, she's got eight national championships, right, but she's got a statue. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Okay. Well, why do you think that hasn't happened? I don't know. 